I salute you this beautiful morning in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God his Father and our Father. To those which believe, 1 Peter chapter 2 tells us he is precious and he ought to be precious to us this morning as believers. Let's open the Word of God to Matthew chapter 12 for an opening passage of Scripture where we'll take just a couple of minutes to set the stage of our worship here and our joining together in this meeting place to see the Lord Jesus Christ in the pages of Scripture. Jesus told the Jews in John chapter 5, which we studied a number of weeks ago, Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. But they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. He knew those Jews that he was addressing in Matthew 5. But Matthew chapter 12, I would like to read verses 14 through 21. Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him, how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all, and charged them that they should not make him known, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles." He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment unto victory. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Amen Amen and amen. The context of these verses is first, verses 1 through 8, when our Lord's disciples plucked some corn and rubbed it in their hands and ate it on the Sabbath day, which so offended the Jews. And Jesus explained, which they should have known, and which they hypocritically practiced for their own brute beasts, that if you could do something on the Sabbath day that was for your benefit, you could break the Sabbath day. And so Jesus explained that if they would have thought about David eating the showbread and the priests in the tabernacle in the temple working harder on the Sabbath day than any other day of the week, they should have recognized the fact that God exalts mercy above sacrifice. And so that was verses 1 through 8. Then in verses 9 through 13, the same day, he heals a man with a withered hand on that Sabbath day, provoking them further So that in verse 14, even though he's the Lord of the Sabbath and has stated it in verse 8, and even though he's just healed a man, the Pharisees are so blinded in their rage for their sacramental religion that they want to kill the Lord Jesus Christ. And wherever Jesus Christ is preached and obeyed, he creates division. And we see it in John 9, where we're going to be today. We saw it in John 7. We actually see it everywhere we turn in the Gospels. Because Jesus creates division by some believing and others hating. And there's hardly a neutral ground concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. 
In verse 15, when Jesus knew that they sought to destroy him, he withdrew himself. As we've learned in John, he stayed in Galilee for some time, avoiding Jerusalem where the Jews wanted to kill him. But great multitudes followed him, though he withdrew from this particular place, and he healed them all, which is a nice expression of Scripture there. If you go look at some of the other Gospels' account of this, they list the various illnesses and devil possession that were there with the Lord Jesus, and he healed them all. But now notice this. He charged them that they should not make him known. And we know that after some of the miracles, he would tell the one that he had healed, tell no man about what's happened here. And that wasn't that Jesus wasn't interested in evangelism, but Jesus was not a self-promoter. You know, it says here that he didn't speak in the streets, that nobody ever heard his voice in the street. Yes, they heard his voice in the street when he was preaching, and they had come to him for preaching. But he was never a self-promoter in the streets. You know, there are references made to the Pharisees blasting trumpets in the streets and, and praying in the streets. Lord, I thank thee, Lord, that I'm not like this publican over here. You know, there are demonstrations like that. The, the publicans, the Pharisees wore scripture on their foreheads. The Pharisees had enlarged borders on their garments to show off in public. And the Lord Jesus was the opposite. He didn't lift his voice up. He wasn't a self-promoter like so many are today. Thank you, Lord, for telling us about this. Right. And don't let that surprise you when he tells a man, tell no man that I did this. There'd be a time when he would be revealed to the nation and he revealed himself through preaching and through miracles by men observing, but he wasn't in the business of self-promoting. And so it says that he charged them that they should not make him known. And that is from the prophecy in Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 3. Look at verse 19. This is the prophecy that's being quoted by Matthew. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. They heard his preaching in the streets, but they didn't hear his self-promotion. Now in verse 18, we're told that Jesus Christ was God's chosen, God's beloved, and God's favorite in whom his soul, God's soul, is well-pleased. Remember in John 5, when on trial for his life, the Lord Jesus Christ said, My Father loveth me, and those that honor me are honoring my Father. And the opposite is just as true. When we dishonor the Lord Jesus Christ, we dishonor the Father, and judgment is sure to follow, just like a father in this world wants to protect his children. And when his children are dishonored, he wants to intervene on their behalf, and God will intervene on behalf of his Son, and God did so 40 years after this in the destruction of Jerusalem when it was leveled to the ground for these words. They did not know the time of their visitation. They did not give the Lord Jesus Christ the glory and attention and affection that they should have. Now there's interesting words in verse 20. A bruised reed shall he not break. A reed was a weed basically a weak weed that grew next to the water. And here it says, a bruised reed shall he not break. Jesus Christ did not come with harshness and hardness and burdens to discourage, break, tear down, and destroy lives. He came for the opposite. He didn't break those weak ones. He helped them. He gathered them up in his arms like a shepherd gathers up little lambs in his arms and he took care of them. 
smoking flax. Flax is a plant that was used for wicks in their lamps. Now this is a wick that has just about gone out. It's only smoking. What did he do? He revived it. He rekindled it. It says, a smoking flax shall he not quench. He didn't put out the weak, the poor, and the afflicted. He healed them. He blessed them. He preached to them the gospel of glad tidings. And the blind man is one of them. That blind man is sitting, begging. And he's been doing it for years. Dependent first on his parents, then dependent on public charity. And the Lord sought him out. He didn't seek the Lord out, but the Lord sought him out. Would a blind man begging for his livelihood be compared to a reed? Yes. Would it be compared to a smoking flax? Yes. But the Lord Jesus Christ came, and for those who've read ahead and know John 9 pretty well, did that smoking flax get some heat and light back? Oh, yes. And was that broken reed strengthened to even stand up to the Pharisees? and was, was fully converted there in John 9. But brethren, the best verse is, is last. It's verse 21. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Amen. He shall send his law to the isles, is what it says in Isaiah 42 and verse 3. And this is how the Holy Ghost transfers those words to us. In his name shall the Gentiles trust. And it said that in verse 18 in the prophecy, as well, he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. Great is the mystery of godliness, and it is without controversy, meaning this is not a debatable matter. This is a great statement of the gospel of Jesus Christ with six points. 1 Timothy 3.16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, God was manifest in the flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Amen. That's why we're here today. He was preached unto the Gentiles, and some Gentiles believed on him, and he was received up into glory, and he's coming in glory with his angels for us soon. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. O Lord of hosts, O Lord Jehovah, we thank thee for thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee that you chose him from among the people, and you put on his shoulders the burden of the government of your kingdom on earth, and we thank thee for it. David was a great king. David was the man after your own heart. David extended Israel to its widest dominion and made the nation great and prosperous. But the son of David is so much more glorious. And David himself wrote in the 110th Psalm that your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, was his Lord. And he's our Lord, Heavenly Father, this morning. We thank thee for your elect son, your beloved son, in whom you are well pleased. Right. We thank thee that he has set judgment for us Gentiles. And we thank thee that he was preached to us Gentiles and believed on by us Gentiles by the work of your Holy Spirit and the beautiful feet of those that came and preached the gospel of peace to us. Bless us this day, O Lord, 
by your spirit and by your word working together that our hearts and our minds will be lifted up toward the Lord Jesus Christ, that we will love him more than we have loved him before, that we will commit to serve him more faithfully than we have before. Let us learn what we can today. Let us give thee the praise that is within us that we should give thee today. Help us, Heavenly Father. We pray that your gospel will go forth and have free course and be glorified throughout the earth today where your faithful men preach your word to your people. Father, we thank thee for America and we pray for your blessings upon her that you'll preserve her in spite of its great wickedness for the sake of the righteous that still live here. Lord, have mercy. Be with our government. Be with our officials from high to low. Strengthen them. Protect them. Give them wisdom. Guide them. We pray for the peace of this Babylon, that in her peace we might have peace. Heavenly Father, we pray for those unable to be with us this morning due to sickness, due to business, due to travel. We pray your mercies upon them. Unite our hearts today, our hearts individually, that we will not be double-minded, nor distracted, nor daydreaming, but that we will think upon things above and set our affection there like we should. Father in heaven, sanctify everything that we say and do in this assembly and the one to follow through the Lord Jesus Christ and his perfect righteousness. That what we say, what we sing, what we preach, what we pray, what we hear, our fellowship together will all be acceptable and made so through Jesus Christ our Lord. Without him, we are nothing but those enemies of yours deserving eternal judgment. With him, we are joint heirs and your beloved sons. We thank thee for him. Now let us praise him as we should. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.